and we're live welcome back guys to another episode of the solvable mysteries podcast my name is Yuras. um i'm joined by glenn Highcove. it's a late evening in california how are you doing man hey i'm doing okay i'm staying busy and uh i am all revved up to talk about this episode and and it's interesting because i'll let me just give a, a brief little little like uh slap patting ourselves on our, on our on our backs this was something that we'd had a hint um even like what was it last year yeah that there was going to be something moving on this so actually this is actually kind of overdue from our expectations for when things were going to start moving on this case yeah exactly um before we jump to the episode i would like to ask everyone uh, who enjoys uh, our content uh, to leave a like on this uh, you know, episode, if you're listening to this on the YouTube, just for the algorithm, we want to see if it's actually going to you know, uh, boost uh, our exposure, I would say. And also, I would like to shout out uh, a shout out to a certain wuss from Thailand right now, or at least that person is living in Thailand. So hope everyone's having a good day and let's jump right into the topic so today we're going to be talking about the Kristen smarts disappearance and you know we alluded last week that this case is breaking and yeah actually like literally one hour before we began this recording i was actually sifting through uh twitter and through the google news alerts and things like that and you know, like literally articles about Kristen's disappearance are coming out like as we speak. Like I think one came like literally 30 minutes ago. So uh, there's a lot to discuss here. Um, as Glenn said, we did talk about this case on episode number 27. That was a good year ago. And, and it was a shorter episode. But I think we uh, gave a description of the case and the events. Um, I do want to go quickly over the case once again because I'm certain not everyone is aware of what happened, but it's not going to be a super detailed, uh, I, I would say, uh, intro uh, into the actual story. I'm um, looking at the timeline. I would just want to quickly introduce people to Kristen Smart for everyone who has no idea who uh, she was. So uh, she was a student at Cal Poly, you know, California Polytechnical Institute, and she had disappeared under very suspicious circumstances. And we do have one person who we believe, at least I would personally be leaning towards that he probably had something to do with her disappearance. That would be Paul Flores. We will be getting into uh, his uh, story as well. So Kristen actually uh, disappears, uh, I believe, on May 25th. Uh, in the early morning hours, she was last uh, May 25th of 1996. So, you know, she has been missing for very many years at this point. And she was last seen around 2 a.m. Now, she was, um, and if we could quickly jump to the Google Earth here, uh, you know, the evening, uh, it was a Friday evening, the 24th was the Friday evening, and Kristen went out with a few friends, 
apparently from you know a really interesting podcast called your own backyard hosted by chris lampert that you know everyone should definitely check that podcast out um it's fantastic the production quality is next level she actually went to a party on the 135th crandall way uh and you know she was acting a little bit weird in that party um we may address this fact a little bit later on now she was at 2 a.m or 1 a.m ish she was actually spotted passed out on the front lawn of one of these uh i guess lawns and things like that and she was actually walked back to her dorm initially by three people one of them was actually paul flores himself and one by one uh, out of those three people accompanying her towards her hall in Muir Hall, because she was staying here, uh, she was actually left alone with Paul Flores, because the last person split up from Paul and Kristen at this intersection right here. Now, Paul has uh, switched his story on multiple occasions. Uh, this man, Paul Flores, essentially said that he uh, just split up with her shortly i think uh around this particular particular intersection and uh apparently his initial story was that he saw Kristen walk on her own towards moore hall while he went to santa lucia hall later on he said that he did in fact walk her bag home to Muir Hall and things like that. Now, uh, you know, I think a lot of people already know about this case, so let's not sugarcoat it. A lot of people believe that actually Paul took Kristen to Santa Lucia Hall, where he most likely, at least according to a lot of people, as well as the investigation believes this, raped and killed her. Uh, and, uh, you know, later on in the evening, somehow most likely contacted his father or mother or both of them. Uh, the father is Ruben F uh, Flores. He's also booked right now and is um, has just got denied bail, if I'm not mistaken, uh, because this is literally happening as we speak. And the last thing I want to mention is that the following day, Paul Flores was actually uh playing basketball with a friend and that friend said that paul has a black eye and scratch marks now a lot of people believe that he uh purposely scheduled that basketball game so that later on when he is questioned by police and when the police obviously uh, ask him about the black eye he would have uh, sort of an explanation of how he got the black eye and he said that he got it from that basketball game however when that person who played basketball with paul was questioned he said that paul had that black eye previously even before they started the game and then Paul Flores once again flip-flopped and said that he actually got that black eye while he was fixing his car. And a lot of other details um, we'll, we will be discussing today. Glenn, I'm sure you want to address something yeah. here. So, uh, have Let me it. jump in just even even before I get into the, the little tiny preamble I was going to do. Uh, I think actually because I know sometimes people zing us in the comments if we get something wrong. Um, I believe actually his, uh, Ruben, so Paul's that's Paul's father who is now an elderly man. I believe he actually did get released on bail. So he had 
I think before it was going to be like a quarter of a million dollars bail, and they got that reduced down to fifty thousand. And apparently, he's in bad health. Like they don't, they don't really. Unlike Paul, they don't really think that he's going to try to like lamb it. You know, going to going the lamb and 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 leave okay. the state. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're less worried about. I mean, he's obviously facing some pretty serious charges himself, but they're more worried about who they think is the main culprit here. Um, so, you know, let me take a step back here. This case, it is interesting because you know when you and I covered it, it was a case that was you know like you said it it it, it was. A, honestly a pretty famous case that had kind of died away and then um this podcaster that you mentioned um single-handedly i mean though there were other people will mention who have been involved in this case and, and working with the family and trying to bring attention but this one podcaster i think is the person that kind of focused a laser light on this case and brought it back from the dead really because it was it was basically a cold case or a dead case there wasn't really much action going on there was a little bit of investigation like we talked about in our original show but when we did our show um gosh i mean i want to say it was like more than a year ago now it's kind of crazy to think how time flies we actually thought that like what was happening now was going to happen then like the, the the smart family had actually told people that the fbi had told them to get ready for movement on the case. So like you and I, we were like, okay, we're going to do our initial case on this. And then like the other shoe's going to drop and then we're going to do the rest of it. And then nothing happened for like a year. Yeah. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was like, but meanwhile, this, this other guy, you know, he was chugging along with his podcast, you know, his podcast is pretty much just about this thing. And it's interesting because it's now like the number one podcast on Apple, I think, like it's, it's obviously for, for obvious reasons, it's trended big. And the guy, I mean, he's not doing it to get rich. Like the guy is a genuinely good guy when you read, read about him. Um, in fact, this isn't even what he wants to do for a living. Like he has a whole other career that is really his true love. So this was really just kind of like a side hobby that became a, a kind of like a, a benevolent obsession that, that became productive. And we can only hope that someday we might be able to have that impact. Maybe we can become uh, his version for like the, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Michael, Michael Negrete case or something, you know, maybe that'll, that'll be you and me. We'll, we'll figure out where, where poor Michael Negrete is or some case like that. We can only hope. There's I'd love that. that. I just want to yeah, add, I just want to add that. I would love that. You know what I mean? If you could just like solely focus on, uh, maybe uh, I had like an idea. Maybe it would, would be like, um, side the show a little bit it wouldn't be like on a you know the main focus yeah yeah it wouldn't be like a main focus for the show maybe like um i don't know you know like uh it wouldn't even have a regular schedule just once we may end up digging up something you know for you i mean that would be a really interesting project and i really do feel like you know i would like to do something as like chris lampert did as well because that guy is truly amazing man yeah, it really returned. I mean, it, it returned value in a lot of ways, but especially to the family who is getting, I think they, they see some justice finally. So um, let me put on top of this, just to be responsible to, to you and me and to everybody else, I'm going to put a quick disclaimer. Not that we should have to do this, but of course, you know, everything we say here is, of course, our own opinion. Um, this is an ongoing case that's in the court of law. No one's been convicted yet. They haven't even really told us what the full evidence is. Um, and be, I'm saying this because 
the Flores family has been harassed in the past, apparently, and has become litigious about it. And just to be fair to them, for as, as fair as you want to be to them, um, I would please ask nobody, d- d- when you listen to this or any other show or other podcast or read things in the news, don't get mad. You will get mad, but don't, don't do anything. And for sure, don't do anything that might interfere with an active case. Like if you know something and for some reason you waited all the way until this moment listening to our show to tell that little jewel of a secret that will crack the case to the cops. Well, yeah, like call the, the, you know, the San Luis Obispo police and let them know what's going on or the FBI. They'll be interested. But otherwise, I would really ask anybody that's listening to this, like be an observer. Don't get involved don't harass anybody this is not about vigilantism at this point this this case is finally getting movement so for sure nobody wants to jeopardize this okay so you know it's interesting when you review this and especially i think strangely enough even though we i'd kind of watched a lot of stuff about this and in fact dr grande had covered the case two months ago so i rewatched his show i've been going through the news stories but today as we go along um there was one news story I found, and it's actually from the Mercury News. So it's from a, a kind of a local newspaper in the area, Northern California. Um, and this one story, I think, did a better, the best job of cobbling together all these little, let's say, facets of information, like 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 little pieces of information here and there, and recapping the case and really making the case for not only. <laughs> kind of how how obviously involved and probably culpable Paul Flores was, and that's my opinion, um, and, and maybe your S's as well. Um, but I think really having you understand like what a miscarriage of justice this was until then. So exactly, it uh, wasn't just just to yeah. quickly uh, add. I will be adding it to the um, uh, visual assets for everyone who wants to uh, see that article we will be showing it i think for some uh, amount of time during the show live for you guys because glenn did send me to it and i did read it and actually i think we should actually include it in the description as well of this episode for people to really yeah we should definitely do that uh later on because i guys this literally explains uh pretty much everything you need to know uh in regards to this case it is really an outstanding piece of journalism. Of course, it has a it has its own slant. You know, it's not <laughs> it's not neutral. Um, and and I, I think I want to kind of you know like because we've already done a show on the basic facts of the case in, in detail. What I'm going to really try to do is avoid <laughs> rehashing that as much as possible. But when we do talk about things that we've talked about on the previous episode or that are about the case, it really is, is going to be in light of making the case that, that the state is making at this point for Paul Flores' involvement. So really what we're, what we're going to talk about here um, are going to be specific touch points um, that involve Paul Flores and, and maybe his extended family. And then there were some very interesting pieces of media that have come up in the past couple months, including an interview, like a 30-minute interview with Paul's mother <laughs> at the very house that later was you know searched in detail. In front of the very deck, I believe that was wow. searched under. Yeah, I mean, and then, and I, you know what? I, I, I'll just let me just not even tease it that much. I'm not super happy with his mom either. Like, I kind of, I'm gonna make a comparison of her to someone else, uh, like another kind of mother or, or wife 
that was involved in another infamous case here in the U.S. And eh, kind of got that feeling a little bit. So we'll see. We'll see kind of how everybody feels. Especially, I think that's another good one to leave links to. Yeah. Uh, in yeah, the show yeah. notes because that, yeah, that was it was a it was a heck of an interview. So okay, so yeah, you know, let's, let's just rewind for a second. Talk about Kristen. So you know, Kristen, you know, college student. Um, this is 1996. Um, so gosh, I mean, she was basically my age. Um, or my, my, my generation. She's at San Luis Obispo. She, the, the, the more extended part, uh, story I've heard was that, you know, she's, she's kind of looking to go to go to a party. So she goes to the first party and it wasn't really kind of, I guess what she was looking for it, to be honest. And this, I'm going to be very clear here that when we talk about her behavior, it's not victim blaming. Um, sometimes when I, when, especially when I, when I talk about things that were unfortunate, it's almost like, let's suppose you saw somebody who was about to walk into a big field that you knew there were like rattlesnakes or lions in or something, right? They didn't know, right? So they, they were just being a normal person expecting to do normal things, but they didn't know kind of the dangers that awaited. So that's kind of sometimes when I see her, how, what happened to her that night, I think that she went out expecting that, you know, like a normal human being, you know, albeit drinking underage, whatever. I mean, all, all college students do that. But like she thought she I don't think she realized the kind of predators that were out there. And unfortunately, it was like that predator was out there looking for somebody just like just, her. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry for interrupting, but I just want to add a few details because I, I don't think I will get the chance later on. So first of all, we're looking at the house. Uh, where um, Kristen was actually uh, partying at. And just a, a, a quick few details uh, that I did manage to learn from Chris's Lambert's podcast. Well, apparently there was uh, only about 20 people in this house. So essentially when I was listening to his podcast, I imagined the house where the initial party took place to be a lot bigger than this. But this doesn't look like a really big house. And, you know, for 20 people partying in there and all sorts of interesting uh, things happen happening like allegedly Paul Flores uh, being on top of Chris, uh, Kristen at some points after like she fell down the stairs and then a whole bunch of situations where uh, Kristen was in in a bathroom uh, got like some dude in a bathroom then apparently that dude thought that uh, she was only making the other guys in the party jealous so that they would go talk to Kristen because they referred to Kristen as a vinyl chick because she was wearing vinyl and apparently she was uh, as, as you've said Glenn uh, she was really uh, I think not necessarily super aware of the potential dangers because uh, apparently this one guy walks into the party and Kristen immediately goes up to him and kisses him like on the mouth and things like that so apparently that's what happened so uh yeah take it away man yeah i mean it, it, like i think this is one of those things where it's unfortunate because because of how she acted when she was inebriated and once again this isn't victim blaming because you know i, I mean even in a court of law when sometimes you when you're when you're under you know like a certain mental state because of a, a drug you took and alcohol is a drug i mean it's not an illegal drug Though for her age it was, but but yeah, I mean, obviously we all know people act differently under alcohol, and sometimes they can even interact with medications and stuff. I'll I'll just say this, I have been in situations with people, um, you know, like like in other places I've lived or in college, 
where I've seen people lose their friggin' minds on alcohol. Like they were totally different people, did things that they would have never done. Um, so, okay. Yeah. So what happened was, you know, Kristen was looking for kind of a different kind of party scene and the friend that she was with that I guess they'd gone to the birthday party with originally was not into it. And I think this was the first unfortunate turn of events that she didn't really have backup. And I, I don't know that she knew it's very unfortunate that like anybody should need backup to go wander around and party. But, but I think especially, you know, yeah. uh, Dude. You know, it, she ended up a lot more vulnerable, I guess. Well, one second, yeah. just really quickly. Once again, I apologize for the interruption, but just to clarify the information for our audience, they actually did went to a party before the party that we are looking at yeah. right now. So it was apparently only a few people appear, and they were like the there were like two dudes. I'm I'm to what I'm aware, and they were playing video games, and then Kristen said. Uh, that this party is a dud. This is her exact quote. And Kristen and this other friend that she was with left that um, lame party. And Kristen still wanted to party, but this other friend didn't. So they split up. And that's how Kristen ended up at this interesting party in this uh, small little house. Yeah, I mean, it was a mismatch in, in a lot of ways, I guess. And I understand that. Like, I know there's a part of me that always feels like I never really got to party like I really wanted to uh, in college. And I think there's expectations people have for different parts of the U.S. or, you know, for different colleges for what, what like, kind of party they would like to go to. So, But on the other hand, a really quiet person for sure wouldn't be down with that. So, yeah, a frat party would definitely be, which is what she ended up going to. She went to the part of the, the, the area that was known for frat houses and frat parties and people that belonged to fraternities and sororities. Well, that, that would match it. So, okay, yeah, like you said, I, I'm just going to speed through this a little bit. She ends up at this party, and she's almost immediately very inebriated. It may have been that she didn't have high tolerance. It may have been that she was potentially drugged with something, which is one of the theories. Um, but, yeah, she's definitely acting in a way that doesn't sound characteristic of her normally. And, and unfortunately, it sounds like she was getting more and more at risk now. What's interesting is this will actually come into play later in the investigation where it seems like the police, strangely, as Dr. Grande pointed out, the police almost didn't take this seriously because they were like victim blaming. They were like, oh, well, you know, she was acting like promiscuous and, you know, all drunk and was underage. So we don't need to investigate anything. And it, it was like this weird contradiction of like the police not taking this case seriously during very crucial moments because of almost some kind of prejudice they had against, you know, someone who, 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 if anything, was showing that she was especially a victim, right? I mean, especially when in a condition yes. where, yes. yeah. So there was, it was very strange. It was, it was, it almost, you know, I, I guess this is one of those things where you really kind of, <laughs> it's so strange that people that know me would not think that I would be one to criticize the police. But I mean, more and more when you and I do this show, I keep on seeing these like, come on, man moments where it's like, come on, like in this case, in this case, especially man, this case, uh, it it seems like they botched literally everything. Like, like it's like that there's, there's a Reddit that there's a subreddit called, called you, you had one job. And this is like, like one of those where it's like you had one job, which was to, you know, enforce the law and investigate and you guys didn't do it. So, yeah. All right. So she's at this party. And then, yeah, Paul, who interestingly already had a very negative reputation from, I guess, coming out of high school and in college as being, look, I'll just say it as being, I almost wonder if he had some kind of mental issue 
or some kind of like spectrum disorder on top of just, you know, like it's not super unusual for, I don't want, I don't want to use the words toxic masculinity, but maybe if there ever was an example of that, this would be that where it's just somebody who doesn't know how to, let's say, engage, um, other people in this case, the opposite sex per his tastes appropriately to initiate a relationship. Someone that seems to think, I don't know if he never was socialized right by his family or by his peers, or he's getting this from the media or what it, where it's coming from. But he's, he, he had these nicknames like Chester, the molester, which is like, you know, you don't want to have that nickname. Um, yeah. or, or the, was it like scary Paul? And just, I mean, he had like multiple nicknames that all alluded to the fact that he did not, not only did he not know how to talk to women, but he was coming off. I mean, there were like specific adjectives, uh, Dr. Grande used, but I mean, specifically like aggressive, yeah. um, inappropriate. So he was known after this event to hit on women in front of their boyfriends that's i mean that's not just inappropriate it's stupid it's like hazardous to your own health why would you do that but that, it, it, to me it sounds like the description of somebody who is socially not just socially like a disaster but potentially like yeah, on that yeah. arc you know what i mean like like this this is like like potentially becoming like a sexual predator and it turns out in the aftermath, there were some other accusations. So, yeah. Anyway, unfortunately, this is the guy that kind of hones in on her, like a like a lion would hone in on a on a on a you know like a like a like a gazelle that was that was at, at the edge of the herd, yeah. right? That was just like like not not feeling good uh, or off off their game that day. And like you said, he's, I mean, he's just doing like the creepo playbook. He's like. You know, taking advantage of a drunk person, he's laying on top of her in the hallway. I mean, well, just just to quickly know, yeah. uh, add some information yeah. uh, from what I've gathered, the hallway incident isn't verified. Like, it's not completely verified. Apparently, okay. some people yeah. noticed that uh, some people saw because there were twenty people, and not everyone wants to talk from that party. I think only one person was really actively uh, telling his story. It was the same guy who Kristen immediately kissed uh, after he entered the party, uh, and apparently he did saw uh, like uh, him laying on top of her. But I think the real creepiness began, uh, I'm sure you will agree, uh, right after Kristen was, um, yeah. at least they said, they said that she was laying, you know, this was after midnight, like 1am or like 2am, something like that, uh, close to 2am, she was laying, passed out in the other, on the other side of the street, so I'm assuming most likely somewhere here, I would probably guess, or here, or maybe here, and that's when uh, two other people decided to help her out, go back to her dorm, which is the, let's see here, Moor Hall, right, but then Paul tags along, and then, you know, things start happening. Yeah, it's almost, and it, the way it was described was almost like he was looking for this exact situation, like he was sort of waiting almost for yeah for help or, or, to, or to like kind of intervene and insert himself in there so yeah i mean i'll just speed through this so yeah they go and they kind of you know i can only imagine how hard it is to get somebody and she wasn't small she was i think a rather tall i don't know how high six one what six one wow okay so somebody an inch shorter than me 
Um, and I want to add, not, add, yeah. what, add that Paul was actually 5'10". So let's address the fact that Kristen was at least not necessarily bigger, but definitely taller than Paul. And she was, I think she was a lifeguard. Is that right? Yes. So that comes and becomes, yeah. So that's, and so that's, that's somebody in super good shape. So that's somebody with some good amount of muscle mass. So I'm, I'm guessing she weighed eh, 170, 180, you know, yeah. uh, uh, the, the pounds. Uh, what, so what is that in kilos? Like probably, uh, I don't know, 90, 80, sorry, 70, 70 kilos or something. Yeah, definitely 70, not 80 90, kilos. man. Definitely not 90. No, not 90. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like two and a half pounds per yeah. kilo or something. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. 70, 80 kilos, something like that. Um, you know, not, not small. So yeah, I, I can imagine. So it takes three persons, three people to move her down, down towards, you know, her dorm. And then people start dropping off. Um, so first I think, um, what was it? The, the guy that was with yes. them. Yeah. He has to bail. He's like had enough, and you know, it's once again. I, I mean, obviously, it's like someone else isn't necessarily a responsibility, but it's really too bad. Yeah. In retrospect, I'm sure that person felt bad. Um, so then it's just Paul and this other girl. I believe her name is Anderson. Her last name is Anderson. Yes, is that right? Yes. Yes. So they're going, and like, I mean, this was the big red flag. Was that like he's like, oh, don't worry, you know, I live right by. Right by her. I know where she is. I'll take her the rest of the way. And then he tries to like kiss, supposedly, allegedly, allegedly, he tries to kiss that other girl, which like, it's not like he knew. Yeah. I mean, these are like big glaring red flags. And, he and, like, he yeah. apparently asked for a good night kiss and oh. uh, she was like, uh, no, Paul, I don't want to do that. And he was uh, <laughs> like allegedly insistent, you know? Yeah, I mean, ugh, these are like big warning, like rapist kind of warning flags going off. I'm not saying somebody always is when they do this, but this is not a good sign. And that's not a sign of somebody that understands like how this works. And, and also, eh, you know, I'm sure he had some drinks in him too. So his, his inhibitions were <laughs> were not inhibited. Yeah, Let's put it that way. Okay, so yeah. So then that is literally the last time that anyone else ever sees Kristen Smart alive. So, okay. Like in the last episode, we talked about how, what happens is, you know, like she kind of disappears. I think her, her family, I can't remember the exact timing. Um, it, it would be much better for someone to listen to our, our original episode, but you know, almost immediately, you know, people realize that she's not, where she's supposed to be, which is her dorm. Well, meanwhile, the police kind of tried to, to blow it off like, oh, well, you know, it was Memorial Day weekend. It was. And that people were often gone and sort of, you know, straggle late back to their dorms after a big holiday weekend, maybe because of partying and things like that. But that was not, you know, like what everyone else anticipated. Now, in parallel with this, from what we understand now from, I think it was uh, the other the other podcast, um, one of the co-workers of Paul's mother alleges that at some point his mom had said that his dad got a phone call and had to go rushing off somewhere in the yeah, middle of that night. Exactly. Yeah. And then, um, and then all of a sudden they're laying a fresh, fresh, con fresh layer of concrete. 
Yeah. Over the backyard. Yeah. J just yeah, a quickly, you know. just a quickly, yeah. uh, want to add uh, some information, and we could jump to another area in the Google Earth here. So we we have two areas marked um, in this other little area of California, I guess. So this is the 710 white uh, CT, uh, whatever. So this is the Flores's uh, home. I think this was their main home, but let's remember the fact that. Um, uh, Suzanne Flores as well as uh, Ruben Flores they had uh, sort of split up at that point already so actually the Floreses owned two homes in this neighborhood so this was the home where uh, Ruben Flores was living and actually fun fact I just want to quickly jump to this we could actually see that Ruben Flores himself makes an appearance and this was verified by chris lambert he said on his podcast that this is actually ruben flores you know what i mean and uh on his particular um experience driving past this house uh he also saw ruben flores and he said that he saw him in literally the same position just looking at people so if you you know obviously ruben right now is in jail but uh, just a good like couple of months ago you could probably drive through here and you would find Ruben Flores just staring at you. So that's definitely a creepy sight. But they have another house. And this is the house in question. It's on the 50, 529 E Branch Street. This is it. This is where apparently, you know, they started laying some concrete, man. You want to take it away? Yeah, and I mean, it, uh, by the way, I can't help but wonder if, if Ruben was just <laughs> counting the days of freedom. You know, oh, <laughs> another day outside, not in a cage for something I did. I don't know. Allegedly. You, you never know, right? Yeah, allegedly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, maybe all of us should count our days, right? Every day above ground is a good day. But, uh, you yeah. know, maybe especially for him. So, yeah, um, you know, they, they this so just... Just, you know, here's the thing. There's all these, like, friggin' coincidences, coincidences that, when you add them up, are just so so damning and so obvious. And it just it really makes you wonder, like, what kind of, at least in 1996, what kind of, like, strange circus act the police were running there for, for investigations. Maybe they just thought their job was to break up, like, fights at bars, you know, and, and, and like, you know, <laughs> bring drunk college students into the drunk tank to dry out and not actually investigate murders. So, yeah. and disappearances. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting is this house, the same house where this double layer of concrete is laid. And, and you know, if you listen to our other episode or read the story, in the meantime, like there is some amount of questioning that's going on of, of Paul Flores. But unfortunately, in parallel to this, um, you know, the school, uh, Memorial Day weekend is right before the end of the end of school. So by the time they go to search um, Paul's dorm room and Kristen's dorm room. Oh, well, you know, they didn't even put a freeze in the rooms. The rooms have been cleaned by the, um, the housekeeping staff at the college. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, living at UCLA, um, we had housekeeping staff that came in every week, you know, just, just as part of the what you were paying for to help kind of tidy up the place and make sure you weren't, you know, seriously degrading the dorm. Um, and of course, afterwards they do a, a more thorough job of cleaning between um, residents. So, well, why is this significant? Well, it kind of seems like maybe somebody who touched a cadaver also touched his bed because there was a cadaver dog that actually made like a beeline 
right to his bed. And also there was a dog that just just honing off her scent. Yeah. You know, like whether or not it was a cadaver. Could I also made a beeline to that bed? Yeah. Could I quickly jump to one visual asset that I have here? Uh, we'll get yeah. to these a little bit later on. This is the Santa Lucia Hall dormitory. Let me make it a little bit bigger for everyone. Okay, so this is the proposed, uh, I guess, route that um, Paul took with, you know, allegedly, if he did kill Kristen Smart, that he allegedly took this route. Now, he apparently would have to enter the uh, Santa Lucia Hall dormitory through this, uh, you know, line. And as you can see, like, there's a lot of rooms here. So it's pretty strange to me how he would uh, really just uh, nonchalantly just walk Kristen to his room, which was 128 right here, which sort of, and I want to ask you a question really quickly here, dude. Do you think that initially, allegedly, if Paul did end up killing Kristen, do you think that he only had uh, intentions of potentially sexually assaulting her allegedly if he did that without actually having any intentions of killing her but maybe she hit him in the head with an elbow or something like that gave him a black eye and then he somehow managed to kill her and what i'm trying to say here is it doesn't look to me like a like a plan to kill someone it looks like a plan to sexually abuse someone and then that plan goes terribly wrong and you end up killing someone wouldn't you say that that's how it's looking right now you know yeah yes and no so i think yes yes i think because like to your point he doesn't seem that planned out but this isn't i i, I kind of the reason why i'm saying this i'm kind of straddling the fences yeah um i watched actually a, a good clip from rogan recently where he was interviewing, I think it was a famous, um, like, like Greco-Roman wrestler. You know what I mean? So like, 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 like an Olympic of type course, wrestler. Of not a, yeah. So this guy was talking about, this guy is some famous wrestler. And actually, famously, his, his sister was killed by like a friend of his or like an acquaintance. So this is really, really Whoa. crazy. But like his, this guy had said, just like Paul, had said some like really creepo level stuff and acted and he kind of just shrugged it off and said, Oh, well, you know, like guys, I mean, guys say stupid stuff for sure. I mean, we've all put our foot in our mouth, but, um, I don't know. It was something that like what happened was his sister suddenly like didn't show up to this family event that they were having. And then they, they, it was very unusual to the point where they sent somebody over to the house. Anyway, long story short, this guy's friend actually, had broken into the house and killed his sister Whoa. after sexually assaulting her. Okay, so so you say, okay, well, Glenn, so what? What does that mean? Maybe that guy was just like, you know, what Paul Flores is being accused of, that maybe it was like a spur-of-the-moment thing. Yeah. And that guy, apparently, even though the guy was really angry, the, strangely enough, even though the guy basically admitted to doing it, yeah. the guy was super mad at, like, the wrestler's family for a long time and, like, threatened them. And anyway, what happened was the guy never, never got out of jail. He died in jail. But apparently the warden called the wrestler and said that before he died the guy the guy had actually like kind of turned around his his his, his thing and he said you know what i was going to do that i was going to do that to somebody like he was he he wanted oh, to do it to somebody okay okay so that's interesting so when i kind of look at like the way paul was doing was being so ag allegedly aggressive and these not just this but some other yes. things that finally came to light i can't help but think that like he was trying so hard to make something like this happen 
you got to make makes you wonder if at least subconsciously but, exactly uh, but yeah. just to quickly stop here uh, for one more moment so if this is the proposed route he would have to carry a really drunk and intoxicated Kristen smart towards his room which was 1208 and then if he did pre-plan the kill would have to somehow kill her there i mean you I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, I, stupid. I, it's, it's definitely yeah. stupid. Like if you're going to do that, there's probably better ways of doing that as, you know, as, 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 as horrid as that sounds. Now uh, he apparently uh, took her out from this route. So yeah, that's what I'm going to say here. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say, I'll say you're right. I mean, from what I can, I can tell about his life trajectory after this, it doesn't seem like he was a smart man. Yeah, yeah, so you may have just been kind of like a kind of stupid caveman of a person. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's that's kind of explains some of this, like, like you said, yeah, like I said, you would think someone that was more devious would actually do <laughs> more devious levels of planning. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, this guy just seems to have just done what kind of a basic criminal would do who wasn't going to college, but you don't necessarily have to be smart to go to college. Just uh, a, a, one, one, last, uh, one last step in. So on the Googlers, we're now seeing that he would probably have to carry her out of here, like the dead body already. And he was apparently seen walking around like trash bins, uh, something like that, yeah. uh, like in the morning hours. Yeah, but, but, but he man. was seen pushing, pushing like a cart with like a metal Jesus bin in it. Jesus Christ. And it was, and, and, oh, and by the way, okay, so just tying this in, like I said, I, I want to apologize to everybody where this is kind of ramshackle, but it's that kind of thing where we're really trying to connect a lot of different dots without... Yeah. You know, without reinventing the wheel and telling the story, you know, so that like, like this is where this it's probably it may even benefit you at some point to pause us, open up another browser tab or something like watch, watch, you know, Dr. Dr. Grande's thing and then come back to it. Read so the article. Yeah, read the article. Like, I think it's that that's where you're going to get the best is this is kind of like a director's cut commentary kind of thing on like the 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 meta of this case right because there's lots of coverage in this case but you listen to us obviously you watch our show because you like to hear our opinions and we'd like to hear your opinions so this is where i think we get the synthesis so yeah i mean the case in point this bin seems to strangely match uh a metal bin that was on that very property we talked about the arroyo grande property the same one that had the mysterious layer of concrete suddenly laid on it. And it, by the way, one of these interviews we're going to show or we're going to allude to the mentioned the, the interview with his mother, she's in front of, I think what is the same deck and like the house. Okay. To be fair, the house itself looked like it was in good shape. Like maybe it was the kind of house that they had worked on, but the deck was in terrible shape. Like it wasn't painted. Looked like that thing would fall down. If you sneezed on it, like it didn't really look like it was something that normally, they cared a lot about, you know what I mean? So even though the walls and the windows and everything look like they were in relatively good shape or been redone, like it didn't, I'm just saying like, it didn't seem like they were all into like do it yourself. So that's why. So, so here's the other thing. And I think this is the most damning part of all of this before we get into probably some of the other, um, interesting things that have come out. I know. I think this will help kind of stick a pin or stick, uh, stick a fork in this part of the, the episode is this very house <laughs> inexplicably was rented to somebody who was not from the Flores family. So um, this other woman, um, you know, she, she it will actually it was a woman. And I guess I think it was her husband 
they moved, they rent the house for a while. They're, they're renters of this house. Yeah. They had no idea what was going on with this case or that the family they were renting this house from was, was, was connected at all potentially to this disappearance. So, um, and the new landlady is, is, uh, is Susan, uh, yes. Paul's mother. So, you know, they, what was weird was these people, they're renting it and, um, they started getting uh, letters. Initially, like the interesting part for me was that they started getting letters and I believe when they still hadn't had connected the dots that, you know, this is the house that belongs to the mother of Paul Flores, who a lot of people believe is responsible for the disappearance of Kristen Smart. They started getting like some sort of letters uh, of like, and the, the contents of those letters were like, uh, please uh, tell your son to cooperate or something like that. And I believe they had a son, this couple that was renting this house. They also had like a son who was six. So I think they, they quickly realized that they are that these letters are not referring to their six-year-old child, but to Paul Flores. And, and actually they then find out about like the whole situation. And um, I'm sure you want to discuss this uh, interesting uh, fact, because for me personally, the most like creepy and bizarre thing sure we'll jump to the alleged earring in a second but i will say the the more seriously sinister thing for me was the alarm clock that was going off at 4 20 a.m in the morning yeah do, do you wanna that, do you wanna I, yeah it's it's like something out of a horror movie right or like a like a kubrick film or something Jesus. like it, it, it's it's like okay so let's remember Kristen was a lifeguard and for her, her lifeguard job, she needed to be at her job for whatever reason at five in the morning, apparently. I, 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 yeah. Wish yes. I dug, dug a little more into that, but yeah, wherever her job was, she needed to be there at five in the morning. So what would be like a good time if you need to like get dressed and, you know, eat breakfast and take a shower and do your morning business? Um, you know, 420. maybe 420 AM would be yeah. like kind of a good time. You know, it gives you like 40 minutes to, to get, get your clothes on and get out of there and commute. Oh, well, so this lady, on top of like all the other stuff we're about to mention, she's in her house and, you know, the brand new, brand new concrete, you know, in some place that you wouldn't even necessarily put concrete in the yard, um, you know, bite by her window every morning for like a couple of months. She keeps on getting this weird, like, there's this like, like sound that's coming from under the concrete. There's this like, like, like a wristwatch alarm is like going off and she's like, well, what, why would every, I mean, she can't, she can't like ignore it because it's waking her up. Like she's hearing it through in her bedroom, you know, like, like, which is, which is on the, the same side as that, that deck by the, by the concrete, presumably yeah. she's hearing this like wristwatch noise at 4:20 for like <laughs> months. And then finally, you know, just like a lot of those wrist, wrist watches, if it was a wristwatch, a lot of them, the battery can last one or two years. I mean, I think I have a, a wristwatch from like three years ago that still works. Yeah. Um, you know, so like depending on how you use it. Oh yeah, it goes off. You know, eventually it kind of fades away and doesn't doesn't go anywhere. It says, it says here in the story, it went for weeks or up to a month, and then you know this is when they start kind of putting two to two two and two together, and um, you know they they recall some other things like they found. Um, what was it? Blood spatters. Um, I want to. Yeah, yeah. I just because I had marked this particular thing. Um, 
as of very interesting to me. So basically, both of these people who were renting out the place, right, uh, they were uh, working in the hospital. So they know what blood is and how dried blood looks in particular. So they apparently found the dried blood in the bathroom, which is crazy. And I feel like how the hell did that never come up? Like, and how would... I mean, probably it was really small specks of blood. But before that, uh, before we jump to the earring and other details, I want to ask you a question. Right now I have opened up like a screenshot, uh, a satellite screenshot that I took uh, from the house. The house is 529, as you can see, on Branch Street. There is virtually no backyard. So for me personally, it's like, where are you laying the concrete? So I definitely don't think it's in the front, like, front few steps of the lawn which is basically non-existent and it's covered with trees and the driveway i don't think it was the driveway so apparently the only place where you know this could have been happening was this particular area so that that's a small area man yeah and it, when i was looking at the um the interview with his, with his mother it kind of looks like it could be there. Like wherever it was, it was there was kind of like a drop off behind her. There was like a raised deck, with like a a big like a side of a house. Yeah. Didn't you know? To your point, it didn't really look like the front of the house. So maybe that that, that exactly matches. What you can't tell here is, I think this this is on a hill. This house. Um. Let's like see. If, I think I think I think there may be some contour. Yes. Um, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. There was whatever it was. There was like a view behind her. Kind of. There was like kind of a view of like a hillside and stuff. Yeah, and it, you know, it may have been that they went in the backyard. Now, okay, here's here's something that's important to note is these accusations about her potentially being buried like in this yard or another yard or multiple yards. This is not, not like a new thing that's just coming to light. So when all this started happening, when they found, like you said, the blood in the bathroom, they found, you know, some other things that were disturbing. There was this metal trash can that in the yard that for some reason uh, – Ruben, Paul's father, was like obsessed with, which is really weird and seems to look a lot like that same trash can that he was strangely, like you said, pushing that, that Paul was pushing around the campus that that day. Because when you and I did, did the episode, I, I don't think we knew that fact yet. Yeah. And we, you know, that I think it hadn't really come to light. And we were like, like, yeah, what were the, we were trying to puzzle about the logistics. We were like, how would you even, even if you had somebody help you, like, how would you get a body into a car without anybody seeing you? And could you even do it by yourself? Because, you know, like, like I mean, how do you move someone that's bigger than you are? Um, it's really hard. So there's that going up. But, okay, look, look, the police, to their credit, or maybe not, had actually used allegedly – well, <laughs> I say allegedly because I don't know how well they used it. Apparently they had used ground – penetrating radar because there is it is like like when in the interview with with susan she mentioned that like sometimes they didn't dig up the yard because they refused to like kind of pay them for the damages and for some other stuff because it's like it's not it's like a construction project right so if you're going to do a construction project to someone's property and then you don't find anything maybe they come back and sue you and i think it's unfortunate that they didn't maybe wage that battle a little harder but supposedly like to kind of like find the middle point between doing nothing and doing the most invasive process, they use ground penetrating radar. Now, I don't know that ground penetrating radar was very accurate at all in the 90s. Exactly. Um, 
but it's better now there's a lot more computing yeah exactly uh just a quick step in because i think a lot of people are having the same question as i am having right now and i feel like we need to address this fact before we move for, for further into the story right um why let's say okay let's say paul uh, let's say this had happened i'm not saying it happened let's say that it happened paul kills Kristen. okay calls the father reuben I killed this college girl. I need to dispose her body. Come help me out. Ruben comes over. They dispose of her body somehow. Okay. Why are they disposing the body in their own backyard of a house that's been put up for rent for like a lot of time already? And they knew it was going to get rented out eventually. Why not? Literally, California is a massive place. You could have someone disappear, like, literally anywhere. Why would you bring... And apparently, from what we can tell, she was in the bathroom, apparently, if that was the case, because uh, dried blood was found, or maybe it was um, them cleaning off blood of, of Kristen, whatever. And then, also, why not remove the wristwatch? And why do concrete? Wouldn't you just try to, I don't know, cut the body into pieces and, and and put it in bags and 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 i don't know bury them somewhere in the desert why is everything happening in this super congested small little backyard where literally you have windows from at least four different households having a perfect view of what you're doing how is this even feasible yeah it's a good question i mean it seems super stupid right you're retarded now, now the one, yeah, I mean, literally, right? It, it, it seems like, like, literally, the intellect, intellect had been somehow. Yes. Like, I, I can't, I can't help but speculate, especially given, you know, I don't know. I, I, we'll get into Susan's interview in a in a bit about how, like, there was some interesting stuff about even how she was in her interview yeah. that makes you wonder if there's any anything slowing down their intellects, but. <laughs> And I'm, if, if I sound like I'm being extra not charitable, well, yeah, I, I'm for sure. Like I don't really like them, so like I don't really like what they, what I perceive they may have gotten away with, and I don't really like their attitude towards like you know what's happened so far. But especially because it seems like what happened was maybe they panicked. So that's that's what it, just to answer your question. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. This is this isn't like the age of like OJ DNA evidence where like you know a big part of the OJ case was like off of all these fibers and like DNA and blood traces. And then it's like, you know, but to that same point, you might say, well, you know, why the hell would you come to your own house or one of your properties and leave? Like if it was like bloody clothes, he was taking out because yeah, like if there's a body with a wristwatch on it, that sounds like they didn't do that much body destruction. I mean, cause you know, like when people think of like blood in the bathroom, you think of like, I don't know, the Sopranos or something. Or a mob movie where they take a body into the bathroom and they kind of deconstruct that body because, you know, blood goes down the drain and the sewage. Like, presumably, it's a way to get rid of a lot of the body fluids and things um, and do a messy job in a place where you can then, like, wash it down and bleach it pretty easily. It's, you know, easier than doing it, like, in your living room, right? And yeah. In other movies you'll watch, in other movies, people that are organized will actually lay down, like, you know, plastic like drop sheets and things like that because stuff that they can destroy later because, um, or like, like, like the Irishman, um, which about killing Jimmy Hoffa, that's what they said happened. So, okay. But I think, I think maybe just they weren't smart about it. I think they panicked. I think they felt like they had this ticking clock and they're like, well, 
where's this hole in the ground we can stick her? And then maybe, I mean, there wasn't GPS yet for really anybody. There wasn't, most people didn't even have a cell phone at that point in 96. Um, so it wasn't like they were going to get traced from that. But yeah, I mean, but it's, it, it, it is, it's completely, it doesn't make any sense. Like you have, yeah. you have big trucks, like they owned multiple trucks and the desert yeah. is literally right there. You know what I mean? So the, the only thing I can think of is they maybe had a bigger plan that maybe they eventually carried out since they haven't apparently actually found the body. All they found are sort of these traces hmm. and it may be, it may be that they did a good enough, but I don't mean like they did a good job, like in a, in like a, you know, positive way. They did a job that was adequate enough to right. foil. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I understand your sentiment, but I want to bring it back to another question to you immediately. What do you make of Paul Flores stating to the investigators during one of his questioning, uh, I guess, uh, situations where he was getting questioned that he had to leave early because he has to help out lay concrete at his mother's house? To, like police guys, he says this. Well, he even well supposedly he even joked to a friend when his friend asked after this whole thing was going on, like, "Oh, well, where's Kristen?" And he goes, "Oh, she's at home with my mom." Yes. Whoa, what? Like, I mean, I, I think it's just these are stupid people. I mean, I just, I just, I don't think. I, like I guess, I mean, but I mean, which are, are we really surprised? Look at the way he's acted up until this point and after this. So okay. his whole life has been this sort of like train wreck of a social just you know like I, I i could go off in so many directions about how sometimes you almost makes you wonder like if people some people are like better adapted for like a different way yeah. of life like maybe in the caveman days this guy would have been golden like maybe back in the caveman days when there, nobody had any rights and you just need someone to kill the saber-toothed tiger you know and 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 kill the bear and then you know and, and then you know you really didn't have any kind of expectations for anything else in your life. Yeah. Maybe that's this, this guy has some like basic operating system that does not work uh, around like other groups of people <laughs> bigger exactly. than his family unit. I don't know, but but I, yeah. I, I guess the, 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 just just to kind of finish it off. So yeah, I mean, here's the thing: the cops. This wasn't like wasn't like no one ever thought of this that you know oh maybe he buried the <laughs> because there were all these kind of like you said these disturbing allegations and coincidences wink wink that when the cops finally got around to investigating them which was unfortunately outside of the window where someone could actually do something I mean Dr Grande kind of mentioned like a lot of cases it seemed like he just it wasn't like Paul did anything that spectacular other than sort of took advantage of the incompetence of the investigation and kind of just kept his mouth shut as much as he did, even though he didn't always keep his mouth shut um, and lived his sort of train wreck of a life. And the cops kind of fumbled this thing away. The earring. We still have to talk about the earring. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely. Uh, so, yeah. So basically, uh, basically the, the woman uh, that was, you know, living with uh, the husband, uh, the, the people that were uh, renting out um, this house from uh, Suzanne Flores, uh, they, one time, apparently she was parking her white Acura vehicle, I, I would assume down this driveway towards the little garage, and she notices something like shiny on the floor, and she picks it up, and apparently she believed it was an earring. We have a picture. Uh, this is uh, 
this is the woman this is the exact woman who was renting out the place uh, her name is mary uh she was as i've said living back then with her husband and now she's holding a little earring type of uh, jewel that she actually bought from a store because let's remember that the initial earring that they gave that they found and they strongly believed that could be potentially connected to Kristen Smart and they gave that earring to the investigators to the detectives the police lost that earring and you know what they didn't lose the earring itself the investigation they also took a picture of that earring but guess what they lost the picture as well so literally they take they take it they take a picture of it and they lost literally everything and now this woman actually goes to the store and this is this picture is taken by chris lampert it's um this uh, picture you can find on chris lampert's website of his uh, podcast your own backyard podcast.com i believe and uh, you could see this picture and now uh, mary actually bought this at a mall just days before um, the arranged meeting with Chris Lampert and said that this looks almost identical to what I saw back in the late 90s when I did find it and now you know what's interesting that she believes that it's literally the same piece of jewelry not necessarily an earring but from the billboards because these pictures of Kristen Smart was actually on billboards all over you know the local area and as you can see she's wearing a necklace and we have a few pictures here we have a picture up close and then we have another one i think this one is the best one for us because let's just quickly pay attention to the necklace right and i can even zoom this in a little bit let's just quickly pay, pay attention to the necklace and now um mary says that it looked literally identical to this thing uh, we could just, I guess, maybe zoom in here as well a little bit. So we see, obviously, it wasn't like like this exactly, but let's look uh, at, at this, okay? I don't know, man. Let's zoom in. Do you think that this, this, this looks connected, you know what I mean? Like, let's imagine yeah. this is vaguely similar to what you actually saw like 20 years ago. I don't know, man. So, so, so yeah, what? So the florist is like, they did the worst cover-up, like job that they could ever do, like uh, to hide the body. But then the police did, and the police outdid them with their uh, failures. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it was a contest to see who could be stupider. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like they lose, they lose the earring, they lose the picture, they lose, they didn't. Oh, by the way, those injuries we talked about, those injuries that looked like he had fought off somebody he was trying to rape. You know, maybe. Or yeah. somebody, you know, this scratches all over him in a black eye that he definitely didn't get playing basketball and that he tried to blame on, oh, I, I bumped my face on my truck when I was adjusting my stereo. Um, you know, whatever, you know, which he admitted he lied basically the first time. Yeah. Um, this, 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 the, the, they didn't get pictures of that. So, you know, we showed up like that, but they didn't say, oh, you know, let's take a little picture, by the way, since you're here. Oh, no, you know, no, they can't, can't be bothered to do that. Um, by the way, that, that earring or, or necklace piece, whatever it is, which looks definitely like her style of jewelry, you know, just from where we can see in the picture. Oh, where did she find it? She found it where the metal bin used to be in the oh, yard. My, and, so, and, and apparently it had blood on it as well. 
yeah yeah so it's, it's like come on man it, it, it's so these are already like these things that pile up and i think this was the thing that was frustrating about the case for so long so and then you know you go and you you, you i i guess I, I don't know you think we're we're, we're done I mean, I mean they they had at some point come by this yard and and other properties and done some searches and um you know, done some done some radar stuff, done some digging, but they never really at that point found anything until you know just this past year, yeah. and um, and then again now where where it was it was something that they could actually like I guess scientifically well we'll see right so that's that's the thing that's important to note is if it sounds like we're hemming and hawing about the exact evidence it's because nobody knows it's because the judge has actually put six days ago. So after this, the, the arrests were made and the announcements were made, the judge put a uh, gag order on the case. So now neither the defense nor the prosecution can talk to the press about the specific points of the case. Yeah. And tell us, you know, what what the actual evidence is. It's Ex all sealed. Exactly. You know, that's the thing. Uh, apparently, everyone like um, Susan is not arrested, right? So uh, the mother is not arrested. So I, I found that pretty interesting that. They have not linked the mother to the disappearance of uh, uh, yeah. of Christmas so, Smart, but but it's but it's proposed that she was buried at the same house where the mother was like staying for say. So it's like I don't know. Yeah. So is that maybe a good time? I, like I, I said, someone watching the episode might, go, might get frustrated that we didn't exhaustively go over this, but I think sometimes I worry that. We spend so much time on the um, nuts and bolts of a specific thing that we miss the broad strokes or, or we don't, you know, like like we've gone really long in some of the episodes, which, you know, sometimes people really like. But I know other times like like you and I are like, gosh, you know, there was this other thing we wanted to talk about and we just we hit the buzzer at some point and we can get to it. So there was this interview yes. that was from not, not even a month ago. So this was the thing actually when I was doing the research um, on my side for, for, for my, my little spiel on this and i found this interview and apparently so this what happened was i think it, it had been triggered by a fresh fresh round of warrants and searches and it's of the mother yeah for the mother with the mother yeah because for the whole family these searches were nothing new like like you said when when you and i had done our original show it's because they had just served a bunch of warrants over in san pedro which is actually down near me so way far away it's like um yeah it's in the kind of the the south south uh western edge of los angeles um interesting area by the way i'll just say san pedro is like not an affluent area but it's a very interesting area it's both high crime but also very historic it's one of the oldest parts of los angeles um but there's i would say there's probably some budget housing out there um but it's also like it's a really neat place to visit like it's right by the port of la which is the um biggest port in uh north america so anyway um and it's where, where most of our um, container traffic for the United States comes in, something like 70%. Mm. Okay. So this interview with his mother, I, I, I have some notes. If you don't mind, I'll just, yeah, I'll just yeah, kind of quickly review it. Um, and by the way, do you see what's behind her? There's like a stairway and like a deck. And, you know, I'm not, I can't confirm that that's the exact deck, but I think it may be because I don't know that there's in a lot of other places, like you said. And you and I were trying to kind of triangulate where it was. It looks more likely, right? I mean, it looks like if it's not the deck, it looks like it might be at least adjacent to it. And it's yes. not 
it's not in great shape, right? I mean, there's like paints peeling and stuff. It looks kind of rickety. The wood looks like it was from the '90s, you know, or, or earlier. It doesn't really look brand new. The, the, but I will say, just having done a lot of do-it-yourself stuff lately, the wall behind her looks pretty good, and the windows and stuff looks like maybe that's been renovated. But yeah, I don't. It just I can't. For some reason, I don't really see them ordinarily rushing to put a double layer of concrete. In their yard, you know. I don't, yeah, I don't know like that's yeah. that's suspicious. It's, it's, it doesn't seem weird, but you know, like like like, when's the last time that yard had concrete? But maybe it's been dug up so many times that they don't do it anymore. Um, okay, so the the notes I have about her was her interview was it depends like how you feel. If you feel that the family's innocent, then you can say, well, this is someone that's feeling a lot of stress and frustration. And that would come out of it. She definitely seemed frustrated. She kind of tried to alternate between being, let's say, sympathetic to the smart family to kind of somewhat trying to vilify them or say that they had made her family's life more difficult or that the smart family's efforts and her supporters, there was one supporter apparently, has been a very passionate person not related at all to her family just a random person that got involved like the, the podcaster guy but more so about like i mean you can find like web pages and stuff from this guy where he's kind of crapping all over paul flores like in like the, the san pedro newsletter this guy made a posting there's other pages that sort of profile it there's it's there's some debate about whether his actions have been like harassment apparently they have the Flores family has opened up some kind of court cases against this guy under yeah. the auspices that he's harassed them. And like I said, that's that's why I put that disclaimer. I do not want anybody showing up in their front yard or, you know, calling them or doxing them or anything like that. Like, don't – we're, we're long past this. You don't need to do that. Nobody needs to do that. And we would not advocate that, nor will we be supportive of anybody's efforts to do that. It's not It's not in the in – the, it's not what needs to happen here. So her interview, like my, my notes here are, are I, I, I said in my notes that, A, she sounded a little bit drunk. Or if not drunk, then like um, I know my wife, when she listened to it, she definitely agreed with me that she sounded a little bit off, like her timing of her words. Like a little bit, you know, like when you're talking to someone who's like under the influence of something and they're kind of just, they're just a little bit slower. Yeah. In the little, the words are a little, so not drunk. Then maybe like my wife thought maybe she, this lady had taken a Xanax based on some other person that she knows who, who tells her that this person that my wife knows will tell her that like, oh, I've taken a Xanax. And then you're like, oh yeah, we can kind of, you know, hear it a little bit, you know? So, I mean, she's not, I'm not saying she's out of it, but yeah. it makes you wonder if she would have had this conversation had she been in a different frame of mind. And maybe it's from the stress of having her house searched and all the attention to be fair, but she was alternately, alternately defensive and accusatory in this interview. There were a lot of excuses and kind of attempts to misdirect and kind of like, well, you know, if this was true, then what about this? And, you know, well, no one's ever found it. It was like, it was interesting because I think a psychologist would look at this and I'm not a psychologist, but often when I've heard things like this, like Dr. Grande or other people, they'll kind of point at certain kinds of statements and say, well, that's not really someone saying they're innocent. It's kind of like someone saying there's no evidence that they're, they're guilty. Which, right. like, isn't the same thing, right? Okay, so there was that going on. But, you know, like I said, the, the thing that was the most striking to me comes at the very, like, no joke, the last two minutes of this interview after she gives this big, long, and I mean, I'll say she was pretty patient with the reporters who were, who were um, interviewing her. But right at the end, this reporter slips in something. We could play it, where, actually. 
Yeah, yeah. Do it. I think it's around. What did I say? It was like right around, let's say, twenty-eight minutes ten seconds. Okay, so I'm I'm just gonna yeah. play it for everyone. Okay, so let's listen yeah. in. Let's listen in. You know, my family, his mother, his mother is gone. They used to go and harass her at eighty some years old. To make it all gone, to be able to come up with a resolution, come up with the answer, to make it never have happened. But we have to realize that, you know, you can't. You know, it's here. It's happened. She's missing. I know she was declared dead, but she's a missing person that never got back. It's sad, terribly sad. But none of us can change, change what has happened after the events that have taken place in 25 years. We can't do it. Um, I don't know. Anything you would do differently? There was no, my hands were tied. What do you mean by that? I didn't have any control over what, we haven't done anything. I don't have control what other people do. I don't have control what law enforcement does. I don't have control with people that harass and stalk and do things to us and negative things and Facebook like to do away with Facebook. Um, I don't have any control over that. I don't have any control what other people do. None. Zero. I've lived, I'm, lived my life and that's it. You know, you just go on day to day and you can't, I can't let it bother me to the point that I can't exist. Well, I know that you said that you were writing a book. Can you tell me what you're writing about? I'm working on it. I'm putting it all together. Is it just about being the, the subject of this investigation? Oh, no. There's a lot of things. A lot of things that life teaches. Um, but, yeah, I will. I will put it together. And... Um, I'm just not really sure, like, of all the aspects. I don't know. There's no finale, you know. You'd like to, you'd like to, I'd like to say tomorrow this would be over. And uh, there would be an answer. And then you would talk about how 25 years went and then it was gone, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. So I, I, I don't know, I, I, I feel don't like, know yeah, 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 I'll, just, I'll but, just break in here. So yeah, did, did she, I, I guess here's, here's, here's a specific quote from that because yeah, I mean, I mean, I, oh, by the way, she, I think she also, her, her tone by the end of that, I, I just, I'm not super convinced. I mean, it doesn't, it, it didn't end well where she's like oh this isn't crazy upsetting this is just another day and and i don't know okay yeah i, I mean yeah no lady it sounds like you're it sounds like your son might be a monster but and maybe your husband your ex-husband too but 
Um, okay, so here's, here's the specific quote. The reporter asked her, is there anything you would have done differently? And she kind of like slips that in real suddenly, and I think she kind of catches her unaware. She goes, oh, well, well, you know, my hands were tied. Yes. What do you mean that's by that? What, that's exactly yeah. what I thought was so suspicious as well. Like, what does she mean by that? Yeah, I mean, because uh, let me let me let me project. Let me let me just give an opinion. Like I said it's just my opinion, but it almost sounds like, oh well, you know, Paul and Ruben, they were going to do whatever they were going to do. They didn't ask me, or I, I I couldn't get them to not do it, or I, you know what I mean? It sounds like, oh, that's not my fault. Like that's it. Kind of sounds like you're saying somebody did something that was somebody's fault, and then you knew who it was. I mean, so. The, the the one thing I like, I'll, I'll I'll stop going hard on this on this scene and kind of take a rest for a second after this. But what I what I what I couldn't help but think about was there was a famous case here in the U.S. a couple a few years ago uh, about a guy named Jerry Sandusky and he did um, some horrible things to some little kids. And um, the interesting thing was his wife. Well. Susan kind of reminds me of his wife because his wife was like testifying. Well, you know, I didn't really know what he was doing down in there in the basement when those kids, when they were yelling and screaming, supposedly they were just wrestling and, you know, he was tickling them or whatever. And then like later on in the court, in the case, like the witnesses are like, you, you know, Mrs. Sandusky, you knew what was going on. What did you think was, you know, it was like, I mean, obviously they were super mad. I'm not making fun of them. I'm saying like, I'm, I'm on their side. Like, they were like, yeah, this kind of like, oh, I have my blinders up. I never saw anything. I don't know what's going on. It's like, yeah, no, you kind of know what's going on. Like at this point, lady, Susan Flores, you kind of know, you kind of know, like, I, I, you know, like, you know what kind of person your son is. You, you know what kind of person your, your husband or ex-husband is. You kind of know, like, what kind of jerk off creepo stuff they've been doing for a long time. And, and then given that like this guy's life has been, by the way, not, it's not, it's not like nothing ever else ever came up again. It turns out now while he's never been uh, officially booked for anything, now stuff's starting to come out of the woodwork, um, which we'll see like whether that makes it in time for additional charges or a, a separate case. But yeah, it turns out this guy has like not necessarily been like living like the life of a priest ever since this thing. Who has, you might say, but I, I can't help but say like, yeah, like where there's smoke, there's fire. And it seems like there was a lot of friggin' smoke in this guy's life. Yeah, exactly. Um, dude, so I don't know, like it, to me, it sounded like she said something, but then she was like flip-flopping, like something about Facebook, something about... I can't control what the police was doing. Like, oh, so now you're saying that you could have done a better job investigating the murder yourself? Like, what? Like, what? What do you mean you had no control? Like, nothing makes any sense. Like when she said, "I had no control over what was happening." Uh, yeah, I like that. That that was a major red flag, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like, what exactly do you mean by what was happening? Because. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, if I were her lawyer, by the way, I would have told her just to STFU and like not, you know, do that interview. That was, that was like not. Maybe, maybe not she was on Xanax or you know. Yeah, know. something, something didn't, something didn't seem right with her case. Like it took me a, lot, a little while to pick up with it, and obviously, like I'll, I'll be, I'll be more charitable here and say there's other health, there's health. Um, conditions like Parkinson's and stuff like that that can definitely affect the way someone talks and it's not their fault 
So I'll, I'll fully admit that or, or uh, MS or things like that. Or, and you could be on medications to control that. That might also affect that. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll be fair in that point. But yeah, like I said, I, I, I'm already like not feeling super charitable towards her family. Yeah. And, you know, like, they, like there's there's never been any other suspects yes. in this case. Like it's always been this one guy who kind of seems like he had been already acting pretty badly. And then there's all these other <laughs> suspicious things. The phone call the dad gets in the middle of the night that makes him that same night that makes him go ripping out of there. Um, you know, just sort of the, the lies and the inconsistency and the lack of transparency. And I mean, I, I, you know, that was the, as I was doing a little bit of research before this about ground penetrating radar. Yes. Well, it turns out that, um, there are a lot of things with the soil composition that can affect how well it works. And and that's not even getting into the differences the like what almost 30 year now difference in computer technology. Yeah. So there's a lot of things, you know, exactly. radar can do. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of imaging and stuff that computers are some, so much massively more powerful now that there's a lot more processing and interpretation you can do because they said that there's a lot of, one of the big problems is that it takes a lot of skill to, interpret um the results of the radar and just think in an era before you had ai in that in that machinery where it was you know you need to have even more skill than probably you need now right. well does it seem like that police department's been super skilled in their investigatory habits so far i mean you know like who did they even hire to do that exactly um yeah so just there's yeah, yeah there's a lot I, I guess you know since we're gonna be concluding unless you have anything to add like oh, I think we we need to address one last thing here is the re most recent developments and uh, since I'm not really that well versed in the legality of uh, you know proceedings in in the the states per se um, what do you think is next now the father to my understanding as you've said is freed and and Paul is in jail uh, since you've made a real Really good prediction on episode 27 for everyone who wants to listen to the prediction uh, Glenn made back then uh, it was on episode 27 uh, so I guess it's time for another prediction man how, how do you see things playing out in the future because literally I'm right now on on my other screen I'm on Twitter and like we have um, information like 20 minutes ago so what do you think is gonna happen next Wow, um, well, I, I, you know what? Yay me! I, did, I didn't even realize. I, c I couldn't remember what I predicted on the episode because it's been so long ago. Now we've done so much content since then. But um, you know, the, I guess that was just based on um, you know what the FBI was saying, what the family was saying. So I mean, based on what the prosecutors are saying, because there's a press conference you can go look at before the case got locked down. That was with like the sheriff. I think it was the sheriff's department and the DA, and they all had the kind of their separate and joint press conferences they basically say that they have dna evidence from well it's still vague but dna evidence that even though they don't have the body points to her body at some point having been on one on one or more of the properties jesus christ so they were moving her around or something, yeah. I mean, it was it was at least buried in one place. Yes, yeah, so they at least moved around, you know, twice, right? So once from, once from the, the the college, and then once from the initial burying spot. And whether there was like, you know, another place that she was 
installed? That's a good question. I mean, that does it does make you wonder, you know, if that's what, you know, what what what, what exactly they're going to say, what they're going to going to yeah. allege. But yeah, I mean, I I would say that they're going to have the case, and that, um, just looking at how those things usually go, I think he's going to be found guilty. He's not. He's not like uh, there's not anything sympathetic about him that might sway a jury like in um, I don't know, the Robert Blake case where, you know, the victim in the Robert Blake case was such a kind of a horrible human being that it kind of actually did work in his favor. I'll also say in a way this is kind of interesting. I don't know if you know this. In the OJ trial, there was a detective named Mark Furman and his name became infamous yeah. um, because there were basically there was some evidence that came up that pointed to him being potentially like racist. And then the, the, the theory was that he somehow like manipulated evidence to make OJ look guilty. And I, I don't know that that really, that that thing extended that far to being true, but it was enough to make, to help with the reasonable doubt and convince, let's face it, which was a very stupid and, and prejudiced jury in that case. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I, I digress. Um, but what was interesting is that guy actually had a second, kind of a second chance at, 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 at life where he dug up an old uh, case. I think it was the Michael Skakel case. It was a, someone related to the Kennedys, like a Kennedy cousin, basically. And that guy had done an old case like this where like some, somebody had like, I think she disappeared or, or been murdered. And it was just kind of covered up because he was like, uh, it was like, once again, a mixture of incompetence and it happening to a really influential fa- family. And like this, it had kind of gone away. And he, his efforts in writing this book in the second, second try at a career helped bring a case back just like this case with almost the same kind of time difference between it, like a, like a 20 something year um, gap in time and gotten, got a conviction. That guy's I think in jail now. Oh, I that Skakel guy. So, so I always think about that. I mean, yeah. um, I don't, I don't know that we're going to cover that case, but it is interesting to see how like, this is also, by the way, the ongoing theme of our show sometimes is is about these cold cases that are increasingly being solved because of um, improvements in DNA technology and and frankly just making the effort because yeah. a lot of times there was just too much evidence and it never got processed and now they are the combination of things is like helping bring justice to families so yeah very very exciting case to watch. Yeah, definitely. We will be keeping an eye out and definitely, this, you know, if something new happens, we should definitely report on it once more. Um, yeah, for me, I just really hope that if he gets uh, charged, that he does end up, uh, you know, maybe telling what happened or maybe we get the actual picture. Allegedly, if he did kill uh, Kristen Smart, that he does end up telling us what happened and maybe, uh, you know, we will know some more details maybe they will give him like a plea deal or something like give us some more information uh and then you'll get the less harsh sentence and maybe that's how we will you know all find out uh, what actually happened to Kristen. maybe that's on the cards finally after so many years so thank you guys once more for listening to this podcast as i've said please leave a like if you enjoyed this episode since you know the algorithm really uh likes uh, to see likes uh, it shows uh, you know for say for youtube 
uh, that uh, you know uh, people enjoyed this episode and uh, please do leave your comments about this case what do you think happened and do you see any any other interesting points that we may have not um, discussed or maybe you want to react to some things that we've said um, as always really enjoyed this episode um, yeah guys we'll see you next week and for now just you know stay safe and peace out. Mm-hmm.